WKYT Podcast. This is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope this week finds you doing well. Let me ask you, would you leave your home in Kentucky or wherever you are and go fight on the front lines of COVID-19 in the heart of a hot zone? It is a big ask. This week, as I am putting out another episode of this podcast, it is National EMS Week. Our first responders are heroes. They go to work every single day not knowing what awaits them. They walk into situations that many of us, including me, would simply run from. In this new world of COVID-19, our first responders have no idea if transporting a patient will cause them to get sick, even die. I'm thankful for these individuals because it is a true calling. That question of going into a hot zone was one that came to a Grant County EMT, Wanda Hammonds, and it was an ask that she accepted because of her calling to help others. Hammonds, who lives in Dry Ridge, spent 35 days in New York City running an ambulance for some of the sickest patients. She is now back home in Kentucky and has a serious warning for all of us about the battle that she witnessed firsthand. I recently interviewed Hammonds here at the station outside for a story. I could only give her a minute 45 on TV, but I wanted to put our full conversation out. The only part edited are my questions, since it was really windy that day, I'm wearing a mask, and I wasn't mic'd up. I took her words to heart because I know I can't do what she does. And knowing that she was putting her own life on the line for strangers, Well, it's really beautiful to me, and it reminds me that in these uncertain times, we need more people like Wanda Hammonds and all of our first responders. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpott is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather Apps, available on the App Store and Google Play. Wanda Hammonds joining me now. Wanda, you are an EMT. You have been one for quite some time. Why was this the chosen profession? Why is it important to you? Well, being an EMT is like a calling and I love helping people. I'm a people person and um, just showing my uh, empathy and uh, towards people uh, and helping them in a time of of need is why I chose to be an EMT. You work for a company called American Medical Response. I think I have seen the ambulances around, but I don't know a lot about this company. So uh, tell me about AMR. Well, AMR is American Medical Response, and it's an amazing company to work for, and it's truly found my calling uh, in my EMS career. They are uh, the number one private ambulance company all over the United States, and they take care of your emergencies, non-emergency, any kind of uh, air flight, medical, and wheelchair vans, uh, supporting the community in their time of medical needs on transportation. As you said, being an EMT certainly is a calling. With what you do now, what is a typical day like for you working for your company? A typical day would mostly be hospital transportation, hospital to hospital, critical care, long distance runs, Uh, people that are on a vent that need to go from one hospital to another critical hospital, Uh, working in uh, the nursing homes, taking patients out of nursing homes over to the hospital for transport or for admission. 
Wanda, first responders are true heroes, and you recently were called upon to do something that maybe not a lot of us would say yes to doing. You were asked to deploy out to New York City, take your skills, and go help right in the middle. I mean, the height of this pandemic in a hot zone First of all, when you you got that call asking you to go, what was your first initial reaction when they said, will you go? Well, first of all, my first initial was, am I willing to put my life on the line to help others? That was your main concern because this was not like any other uh, deployment I'd been on. This had to do with an illness and not like a hurricane. So that was my first question. Then I thought, how in the world am I gonna tell my family that I would like to go to New York City and help. That was my other concern. But after talking with my husband and we prayed and, and we uh, discussed it and I accept it without hesitation because I thought, what if Kentucky was in this situation? What if no one came to help us? So that's my calling to be an EMT and to help others on the front lines. So I chose to go. Tell me when you left out because you were gone for quite some time. I left out on uh, March the 29th. Okay. I picked up a, an ambulance in Erlanger, Kentucky, and we traveled on and arrived the next day at Fort Totten uh, up in New York. I stayed till May the 2nd, 35 days. Wanda, tell me what your days were like, because for many of us here in Kentucky, you know, we really only see what's in the headlines. We only see what maybe comes from national news or what people might see in snippets on WKYT. So when you arrive in New York City, what was it really like? So your day started at nine o'clock in the morning, catching the shuttle from your hotel. You would go over to Fort Totten where all the ambulances were staged in a big parking lot. There you would grab some breakfast, get your New York radio, you would meet with a New York EMS. Then you'd also meet with the AMR and get all of your paperwork, what your daily duties were gonna be, and your assignments of where you were gonna stage for the day. Then at about 10.45, you would head out. My shift was from 11 in the morning to 11 at night. So we were considered task force four, and we were, uh, I was 840, Paul was my call number. So they would give you certain areas in the cities. So I was able to, um, uh, go to the Queens or Bronx, and that's where I would stage. And they would tell you that day where you were gonna stage. Then you would listen for your call number on your 911 runs. Then you would respond and either have a refusal or take your patient to the nearest and closest hospital that was not on a diversion. So there was a lot of uh, elements that you had to remember as you were doing your 911 run. Uh, they would supply you food, a check on you, your task force leader would check on you, and then you would at 11 o'clock, go back to Fort Totten, drop your ambulance and your radio off and your completed paperwork just to get on the shuttle. And you would hope to lay down by 1230 at night just to get up and do it all over the next day. I can't imagine the number of runs that you probably did in your 35 days there. Do you think that you were seeing some of the sickest patients on your runs? Of all the 20 years I've had an EMS, it's the most challenging experience I've ever had in my life. And I did 911, and it, it was, uh, it was a, a mission I'll never forget. Wanda, I worry for people back here at home that maybe aren't in a hot zone and they're not seeing 
our hospital system overrun or overworked, if you will, I worry that they don't see that and they may not take things as seriously here. So for someone that has been there, that has seen how serious patients can be when you go to pick them up, what do you say to people back here to get them to understand the level of severity in some places with COVID-19? Well, you know, a few months ago, New York people didn't think it was that serious either. And look where they are. And that's my fear too, when people don't wear their mask. But let me tell you, when you walk into an emergency room that's got people on a ventilator or they're in a body bag or they're getting assisted ventilations by a paramedic and all you see is their last name on the foot of the bed by a Sharpie marker, let me tell you, that's a wake up call because it's real. It's real, it's scary. Every patient I laid my hands on asked me the question, am I gonna die? Am I gonna die from the chills, the aches, the fevers, the no taste, no smell? You, can, you can't even imagine the, the look in their eye. And of course, we all had masks on, so we all learned to, to listen to each other with our eyes. And uh, that was the biggest fear. And then when I had to transport patients, they would always ask if their family member could ride. And our policy was no, because you couldn't have any family members to ride along because we didn't want them to get, you know, to get sicker than they were. So for me to have to tell them, no, I'm sorry that you can't ride. Um, that was some of the heartbreaking things I had to deal with. But it's true, it's real. Please wear your mask, wash your hands. Don't think it can't happen to you because it can. I know you are trained to do this. I know it is your job, it is your calling. But what gets you through those days and those nights? Because that was some tough work that you were doing. So what did you turn to to get you through this? I know you're a hearty soul, but I know those days had to be so hard. Um, my faith in God. My faith in God, you know. He led me every step of the way. You know, I was in a place that I had, you know, had never been to Queens or Manhattan and the, the potholes and the experience that you just have from the city, you know, and uh, not familiar with an area that you're going into. But with my knowledge, two of my skills, you know, my PPE. And not only did we wear our N95, we had the goggles, we had the mask, the gowns, the booties, we had it all. They supplied us so well with our PPE, but you know what, well, that was your armor. Your armor was your PPE, but your armor was also your faith. And if you didn't have that and have your scripture and have your devotion every morning, and Kathy and I, every morning, we would say our scripture and our devotion and just said, God, just get us through the day. Let us love on these people, give them the information they need. And sometimes it would have just been a matter of holding their hand and giving them the instructions that they told us to give to get through uh, through the day and how to take care of themselves. Wanda, would you do it again? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, you know, as a matter of fact, you, you bring that up, they were actually asking for a third deployment. And let me tell you guys, I, I hesitated, but I thought, am I ready to go back? I've not even gone back to my real job yet. That happens next Wednesday. And I'm so ready to get back on the street because I'm not a person that sits at home. I'm a person that likes to get out and take care of people. So. Uh, Without hesitation, I thought, do I really want to call my boss and say, 
do you think there's any way I can go for the third deployment? <laughs> but he would rather have me here in Kentucky on the streets, I'm sure. Many times when you, you go to New York City, it is overwhelming just from the sights and the sounds and, and just trying to navigate as a tourist. So talk to me, Wanda, about being there in this capacity, working the seriousness of what you were doing, having the emotional attachment to taking care of your patients and and really the height of what's going on but also navigating a city like New York City behind the wheel of an ambulance very emotional you know people in New York City don't live like we do in Kentucky um, a lot of apartment buildings and one of the challenges that I had was a lot of these older apartment buildings did not have elevators so you had to truck up your BLS bag your stair chair and you had to just hoof it up the steps, you know? And uh, Kathy and I would get to the top of the steps and we'd look at each other and like, I need a minute <laughs> to catch your breath. But, uh, you know, they live on top of each other. And, and that may be one concern about this virus because they all live so close together. You know, you'll find uh, five and six people living in an apartment. Whereas, you know, our homes are our mom and dad and our children or grandma, you know, it's not like that in New York City. It's very close knit, um, just not like Kentucky, like Kentucky at all. But um, I'll tell you a funny though, they, uh, they love my Southern accent. The first few weeks we were there, they uh, said we have a little problem with our communica communications on the radio. And we're like trying to understand, like, did we not hear the radio correctly? Are we not responding quick enough? You know, you're trying to take it all in. They said, it's the y'alls and the yous. <laughs> So that was, uh, you know, you had to find some little bit of a humor in the day as you went on. But uh, let me tell you, when I landed that airplane at the Bluegrass Airport and saw the, the uh, horse farms of Kentucky, you just don't realize how thankful you are where you come from, you know, uh, to breathe the fresh air and be in the wide open. You know, nobody was really where I was was in the wide open. They were um, in apartment buildings and just... Um, Lots of steps <laughs> that I'll never forget. Very different. Juan, did you, did you ever feel just emotionally like, I, I can't do another day of this, uh, this is too much? And did you ever feel in danger at any point? I never did have that feeling like that, but um, several times we did walk away from a run. We walked out of a home that wasn't, that was kind of aggressive. Several times I did have to ask for police to come and assist us because we just didn't feel comfortable. And they, they always stressed on us to always ask for help. Don't ever think you need to go in because you're going into a totally different environment than you are in your hometown. Um, so yes, we asked for police. Yes, they came to our aid. And when they do, there's a six or seven or eight of them. It's not just one couple. They all come together and help you. I will say the people from New York City, the fire department, police department, they were so gracious. They were so gracious we were there. The first, um, what triggered the whole run was, uh, on a normal day, they do about 4,000 911 runs. They were up to 7,000, they were inundated. And then what happened was, they, they, it got out of control. It totally got out of control and they had to ask for help. And that's where we stepped up to go help them. You know, I don't think anybody ever thinks that they're going to be in the middle of a pandemic like we are right now. Certainly, I'm sure you could not have imagined yourself being in the middle of a hot zone. 
So when you did get finished with the day's runs, how did you decompress? How did you come down from dealing with everything that you saw during the day? Right. Decompressing. When I got home, I tell you, I was extremely exhausted, number one. But uh, I cried for two days. I cried for two days knowing, first of all, I felt guilty leaving my coworkers up there, the bravest bunch of people that I've met all over the United States, these EMTs. But again, you, you rely on your faith and your coloring books and your word searches <laughs> while you're quarantined. But you know, you can look at all the bad that happened in New York, but you can also look at the good. Look at the difference, and that's what I tell my other EMTs, look at the difference you made in someone's life. Whether you were just there to answer questions or just made them feel good or do a temperature check or a pulse ox or a blood pressure, you know, just leaning on them and loving them and giving that assurance, you know. So look at the good always, you know, is what I'm trying to tell some of my EMTs since I got home. Be so proud that you made a difference because it was tough to step up. And uh, for a lot of them, this was their first deployment and, and they were nervous, they were scared. And I'll tell you, I worked with a brand new EMT. She'd been on the lines for two months. She'd never driven a box. And I said, that's okay, we've got this, Cassidy. She was from Buffalo, New York. What a jewel she was. She listened, um, we got through it together. And um, so it was a time for mentoring for me to help her. And that took it off of the mind of the danger or the health, you know, to try to help her and guide her to be a, a, a better EMT. You know, Wanda, we said that you were deployed out and we use that term so it, it makes it sound like you were going into battle. And I know you talk about uh, your armor was your PPE. Is that the way you kind of had to look at it each and every day? You know, they called it that. They called they called this whole Corona uh, COVID-19 the war zone. And um, I've never been to war, but this kind of war was, uh, it was the invisible war, you know, because it's out here. You never know where this virus was gonna land. And that, that's what the scary part was. You had to just so much precaution. A big thank you to Wanda Hammonds. She is one tough cookie. She actually celebrated her 60th birthday while in New York City. We can't thank her enough for her service. And we also say thank you to all of those EMTs and first responders out there working every single day. Wanda quarantined upon returning home to Dry Ridge. She has now been cleared to go back to work. And when she got home, she learned that someone had submitted her name and work for a national contest and she was selected as a local hero in her community.